0: It's great wine, great question. <laughs> yes. you went and did what? Um, and you called it what?
1: <laughs> like, you know, your kids. Which <laughs> one is your favorite? Because yeah. so we
0: know <laughs> we always have a favorite, right? <laughs> no, I no got, kids. Don't, don't. I don't have a favorite. I, got I love you no both. No favorite kid, by the way. Hang <laughs> no, you've only got one. <laughs> That's right. <So laughs> and he's not your favorite. <laughs> Welcome to Leadership Decanted where we engage with the latest thinking on all things leadership and we keep the conversation going over a nice bottle of wine. Hello KG. Hey Paul, how's it going? I'm um, well thanks, I'm doing really well today. Now let me say that you came in quite subdued
1: today, are Did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been caught out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anything going on that we need to talk about, are you okay?
0: Thank you for asking. I am okay, I am pleasantly engaged in my work, Wow, it's been a lot of fun I have been doing a lot of it, so maybe what you're picking up on is some energy. Mm, yes, yes. So you the are question a little bit of depleted, energy, huh? mm, yes. interesting. So back to our cheeky half. Yes. Head and you know head and heart. <laughs> yes. Energy. Uh, can you read the room? All those sorts <laughs> yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, I'm fine. Thank you
1: for asking. No worries. Yeah.
0: No worries, yeah,
1: yeah. It's good to uh, hang out with you. So we're back in the same room, which is great, and that means we get to actually. Enjoy
0: a glass together. Here we are. Tell me about it. Well, I have today a Tyrold's Semillon VAT One. Okay. For the learned listeners out there, they'll know that Tyrold's and VAT One is synonymous with Great Hunter Valley Semillon. Mm-hmm. Hunter Valley is in New South Wales, uh, in Percolbin in this particular this particular winery. And VAT One is very famous for semillon. Wow. 2006 vintage. I'm hoping it's okay.
1: Wow, I'm excited. So I've got to do a little bit of... Can I I reveal where we are, Paul? Sure. Yeah, so we are at the cellar door. So we (laughs) are at Mr. Garcia's place and it's nice and his cellar is nice. So I'm excited to go straight from the cellar door to the table.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) now this particular wine I've had... In the cellar for some time. <laughs> some might say longer than necessary. Well, we'll, we'll so be the we'll judge. give it a shot, yeah, shall we? Yeah, we've got to we'll check it, a it shot. out. Okay, so here we go. Ooh. That was Double in- pop. That mm. was interesting. Yeah. Okay, nothing strange coming out of the bottle. It's quite good. Here we go. I'll give you more. Thank you. Because I've got the bottle next door. <laughs> <there. laughs> Not fair. But I, I'll know, take I know. I know. Okay, so. Oh, so we're still getting a bit of citrus, a little bit of hay, it's saying strange, a bit of dry grass.
1: Mm. Oh, no, okay. I wasn't supposed to drink yet, was I? No, uh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> you do, do what you want to. Just, you do you. You do you.
0: How was it? You t- I haven't tasted it yet. How was oh, it? It's it's nice.
1: Yeah? And because we normally do reds, it's yes. actually really refreshing, so very good. Good
0: point. Mm. Good point. And it's true. A couple of listeners have actually mentioned to me that you only ever do reds. Mm. I'm thinking, oh.
1: You're right. That's discriminatory. We did do a fortified
0: wine once or a musket or something. Yeah, that we've, was done, quite nice. we've
1: done like um, a champagne-ish one yeah. before. So, you know, yeah. we're not only reds, but this is good to kind of balance the, the
0: tables a bit. Oh, I like it. Not overly citric. Quite nice. Very good. That was a, that one Tyrrell's Semion, mm. 2006. Slanger. Yes. Slanger.
1: It's really nice. I, I might have to switch to this. <laughs> <laughs> I, might just, I might just take a moment. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excuse us, listeners. You've done well. Mm, this is good. All right. Shall we get on to business? Ooh, business. You make it sound <laughs> so serious.
1: <laughs> well,
0: may not be serious, but it's certainly really pleasant. Certainly for me. And let me explain. We are going to talk about... 10 Leading Tools. Oh, yes. You may have heard of it. I know that very well. May have heard of it. (laughs) I think we mentioned it in our last cheeky half that you have gone and written yourself a book. Yes. And we call it. 10 Leading Tools. That is the name of
1: the book. Go get it. It's on Amazon. But that's enough advertising.
0: Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, it does have a sub, and that is Rules, Tools, and Habits for Leading Yourself and Leading Others, a playbook for modern leaders. Yes. I have read it, as wow. you know, in the past. Now, yes. I'm reading it again yes. in its actual proper book form. Yes. So, Paul
1: has been so gracious. And if you've ever had a friend who is doing something big, and a book is pretty big, Paul is one of the people who did a pre-read of the book. And it's usually pretty raw, that first version or two or six in my case. So uh, I appreciate the fact that Paul is even taking the chance to read it again, because um, yeah, uh, he was one of the, the ones that really helped through that process, so I appreciate you,
0: Paul. You're very kind. Thank you. Uh, I didn't do that much, to tell you the truth. I think (laughs) others did more, but it was fun just to be part of the journey. Yeah, yeah. It was a journey, for sure. But we're not going to spend time on the actual content of the book because people can read it. Yeah, please. What I do want to say, first and foremost, I'm actually enjoying it a Mm. lot. Now, you know that I'm not a big fan of... Toolbooks, yes, yes, right. So, you and I are different (laughs) that way, nor am I a big fan of even the notion of a playbook, yes, right. So, you've gone ahead and done both, (laughs) (laughs) and yet we are still friends, yes. But I'll tell you, this is what makes us work, right? (laughs) That's right, that's right. You did, you went and did what, Um, and you caught it, what, (laughs) (laughs) however, I have to say. Um, And I mentioned before we started recording, I, I hear your voice in this. Now, it's not just because I know you, but I find this book, and I have from the beginning, but I certainly now that I can hold it in my hand and read it and flick through it, I hear your voice. It is an authentic voice. I can vouch for it. It feels like the stories you're telling are really landing and resonating. And whilst it is a book that talks about leadership tools and and habits and so forth, it is nonetheless a very intimate book.
1: Oh, when you say that it just ouch because I don't know if I'm ready for that intimacy with all of you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Be careful what you put out there, is <laughs> what I'm saying. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I didn't start out that way. I think when I first went through the thought process of, oh, you know, I would be interested in writing a book, it was just thinking that maybe I have enough in my head that I'd like to get out of my head and and that was really the first thought process and as I start going through what was in my head it it really didn't make much sense to be honest with you it's it's like our conversations yes. they partially makes sense, but we just ramble on right yeah, and, and something and, emerges and, yes, uh, something new emerges mm. here and something goes here and and that's what was coming to the pages as I wrote and and I, and I'm really, really slow writing by the way, so it was a hard journey. but I got some great advice from a book coach if, yeah. if that helps, and I would recommend to anybody who gets an opportunity to talk to someone who's a professional. sorry, that was my phone, I should be on oh, yeah. <laughs> what a rookie. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, so I got some advice from a professional, and um, she told me something that made it all just kind of come together in clarity. And it did the opposite of what you like, is what she said. You have all these ideas, and they're all—they all sound like fantastic ideas, but in themselves, they're not a book. But why don't you work with that, and why don't you make each idea? concept, tool, Mm. a chapter. And then that way, the book is all about those different things uh, coming together. And I said, oh, never thought of that. Because really, when I I started down the journey, it wasn't going to be like it is today. And that was what got me on a roll, and I really started to move forward with the book, and then it was about the tools. But then when I really looked at it and started to reread it, it didn't feel like me. It felt like me almost preaching at people, and and I knew that that was not what I wanted to Put into the world because that's not me. I'm, I'm a person who likes to connect and have conversations, and mm. so that's what changed the book and its intimacy level to what it is now. Which, right. if you do get an opportunity to read it, or if you uh, connect with me in other ways, you'll find out that it's it's a lot about storytelling, and yes. it's it's me telling stories about not only myself but others in my life and how they've impacted it and what that means on either my leadership journey or their leadership journey and, you know, how it all could help others. So that's what it ended up being.
0: If you're going to be talking about leadership tools and you're going to be putting yourself out there as a practicing leader, yeah, what sort of things did you have to navigate internally to allow you to, I guess, open up and write something that's a bit more intimate?
1: Yeah, the it's a good question. And I think for me it became, this is going to live on past me. Mm-hmm. So what do I want to leave? Do I? Uh, and this may be my only book, is what I also thought. I doubt that very much. <laughs> so thought, You've got a few if, in you. If, if, if this is what I'm going to leave out there, how do i want to represent this thing that we talk about all the time and call leading and leadership mm-hmm. and when i looked at all of the other books out there a lot of them did a great job a much better job than i could ever do about structuring the maybe the steps to leadership or giving a better framework for leadership and i and i really didn't want to try to compete with that but what I thought I could do and what I could bring to this was probably what I would call kind of a grassroots version of what leading can be or uh, or is. And it's really coming from a place of it was not in my background. I didn't have any people who I looked at who were natural leaders or at least leaders of industry or leading, you know, particularly so. It's a different side of it. And I was using the stories that helped me discover that I could do leading as ways to not only give other people an opportunity to see that that's possible, but as a way to work through it myself. So, you know, you think it's for other people, but at the same time, it was very much for me, almost therapeutic to kind of get it out and really articulate to myself what I am about and how I got
0: here. So, KG, when you decided to write a book, is there a gap that you were trying to fill in the leadership space? Was it something that you felt you had to say that hadn't been said before? What compelled you?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good good question. So, first of all, I don't necessarily think there was a gap that I was trying to fill. I think after I thought about it later, then... When I'm trying to, you know, really kind of, so someone asked me during the process, one of the people like you who gave me some feedback in the middle, you know, who's who's this targeted to? Is it young leaders? Is it experienced leaders? And what my answer was, and I, and I know it wasn't the best answer, it's very consultant-ish, you know, it's both, it, it depends, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what I was trying to do was just really address what I thought were things that We know we do and need as leaders, but not necessarily know them as tools or skills that we should learn. And so that could be for people who already have the skills, so it could be for experienced people. Or it could be for people who have never really considered themselves a leader or are just beginning their journey, and this may help them understand where they could improve some of those things. So that's that's kind of how it evolved over time. But I didn't really do it to address any gap. It was just really for, uh, like I said before, me trying to get things out of my head mm. and um, not just have them in, in my uh, internal dialogue forever. And I thought, well, that's the way to do it. And really one of the stories I tell in the book is about creating a current. And that is really all about you know how other people and what they do influence you. And- this whole writing a book thing was one of those things that um, you helped me with as well, because you introduced me to some people who you knew who had written a book. And I had friends who had written a book. And just knowing that it's possible and that these people are normal, average, everyday people that you can have a beer with or just hang out with um, was almost motivating for me because it made it feel like it was all possible. And so I just started writing and that's, you know, what eventually turned into the pages that you see. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it sounds, uh, I, I can tell anyone who's making a major step, whether it's a career move, whether it's, you know, something like this, it sounds so much more daunting than it actually is. And I know that I'm saying it from the other side of it. I finished the book. But there was many times when I thought I was not going to do the book Mm. or finish it. There was that part. But ultimately, it was just doing a little bit for a long time, and and it became what it is.
0: Well, you make a good point. I mean, you've been through it. So it's not as if you're talking from the other side without necessarily having experienced the ups and downs.
1: Yes, and there were downs. There were downs. So (laughs) how long
0: would you say from... Say the moment you sat down for the very first time to write something yeah, to when you held this book in your hot little hands, how long?
1: Oh, uh, I tell people about two and a half years, and, okay. and that's probably a lie um, because the, the reality is I took notes for a long time. Um, I, I used to call it a journal. It was just a word doc that I, you know, yeah. threw notes in every once in a while. I am an IT consultant, so I would take notes about not only leadership but techniques and IT and things like that that I thought were interesting and that I thought would help me really convey my message back to either my team or other people. So I've been taking notes for years, and I mean years meaning probably 15 or 20 years that I've been taking little notes. And I've still got all of those little saved notes on a Word document that I've had forever. So when I talk about the two and a half years, I actually started with looking through a lot of those notes and searching little concepts that I remember thinking to myself, that's an aha moment, and I would just write a, a two lines or, you know, two sentences about that moment. And I found some of those, and th- those actually became parts of the book. So I had a start that was many, many moons ago, but about two and a half years to actually... To tell my wife, once I told my wife I was going to write a book, (laughs) then I knew I was committed.
0: Once she rolled her eyes? Yes,
1: she said, Really? (laughs) Now she was very supportive. She goes, Oh, what about? What, what would you write a book about? And I, I said, wait a minute, you don't think I got a book in me? No. <laughs> but yeah, once I, I kind of committed to it, it was just starting to create a fresh Word document yeah. and start writing something that ended up being what it is today.
0: So you write about leadership and the leadership journey and leadership tools. Yeah. And you, come, you, you do come up with some interesting concepts. You do come up with some interesting frameworks. Yeah. For example, very early on in the book, you present the leader's triangle yes. as part of a larger model. Yeah, What is it about the leader's triangle for you, if you could explain what you mean by it? I know we weren't going to talk about the content, but I think this leads to a much bigger conversation beyond the book. If you can explain, what is the leader's triangle for you and why does it matter?
1: Yeah, the leader's triangle, the way that I came up with it was because I started to examine myself and what leadership means to me. And when I looked at a lot of the concepts around leadership, it really focused around your career, which I absolutely support because that's where most of us consider our leadership journey and that's what we try to improve in le- as leaders and so forth. But for the people listening and for you know myself and for you, Paul, We do this whole leading thing, I won't say everywhere, but in many aspects of our lives. And that's where the Leaders' Triangle comes from. So for those of you who are not familiar with it, um, the Leaders' Triangle really talks about uh, leading in not only your career, but your family and your community. So those three aspects as a triangle that work together and complement each other in many ways. But that thought of not only focusing on leadership as part of what you do for work or, you know, a career aspiration, but also focusing on the fact that, you know, gosh, we we do leadership when we're raising our kids. We do leadership things as we're counseling our siblings or our best friend. Those are all ways that we lead each other. and. Not only that in the community, whether it's your local church or synagogue or place that you worship, it is, you know, making sure that other community aspects are represented as well. Because I think about when I played in the local soccer um, league and um, how we would take care of each other and and show leadership uh, and guidance to each other and give each other support. So in all of those places and, and, and aspects, we do this thing and The reason I wanted to introduce that in the book as a concept is my thinking was that if we can all realize that we do lead already in many aspects of our lives, this whole career leadership thing doesn't become such a stretch. It doesn't become such a far reach for those who don't do it and for those who may do it and want to figure out how to do it better. Maybe they can look to those ways that they lead in other aspects of their lives to do that and pull from, because that's what I was trying to introduce here was that we do it in, in, and I I say career, family, and community, because I just kind of thought those were three big enough buckets to catch most of the leadership aspects, but I'm sure there's other ways, but that's why that was introduced. And I know you're asking me lots of questions, but I'm going to ask you (laughs) one, Paul, from your perspective, do you find yourself as a leader doing leadership in other ways other than what you do for your career?
0: Yeah, also a good question. We're on a roll. <laughs> Look, what I find quite appealing about this concept is just its simplicity to begin with. It's a simple idea. It may not be super original, I don't know, no. but the simplicity is is where its elegance lives and, for me, also its practicality. To be able to not fixate on career and have a way of channeling practical leadership practices in other areas of my life, that is quite liberating. So I don't have to worry about, you know, whether it's corporate, whether it's government, whatever it might be, whatever enterprise might be calling for a leadership practice or leadership role. If I don't want to do that, I don't have to, and it doesn't necessarily negate my function in leadership or doesn't negate the fact that I have leadership skill sets or doesn't negate that I can practice leadership with, you know, whether it's my family or like you said, local community, sports clubs, local, I don't know, neighborhood watch, yeah, whatever it might right. be. And in addition to that, I think it gives me the opportunity to not feel like I'm the one that has to provide leadership at every point. Yeah. It allows a bit more freedom, a bit more rest even for us where, like your example of the soccer team where you looked after each other, it's the each other piece that appeals to me. And that's not always present in the larger career concepts of leadership. Yeah. I think it's beginning to permeate in terms of you know, the ideas of collective leadership and leadership contribution and so forth ideas of well being and mental health. It's beginning to percolate, but I don't believe it's the predominant model
1: yet. Agreed. Yeah. I talk about it as being modern leadership and modern mm. leaders because you're right, it's I think it's already upon us in some ways, right? We're we're getting a lot more um like the conversation we we had with our younger participants yeah, in uh, the interviews that was great. they showed us that leadership is happening in their world on many different levels already so we know it exists and it's around us. I put it in a simple model because it was, you know, I'm a simple guy. And it was, it was the way that I could articulate it. And then we could all expand on it is the way I think about it. And I know that for me, it solved a question for me about whether I was even capable of leading. Because when you're young, and when I was young, I didn't even know if I could lead. Because I always kind of thought you needed some kind of permission to lead, if that makes sense. And I I know better now. But I think there's a lot of people out there who still think that it requires that permission or that title or some actual situation that calls for this leading many people or giving some grand speech and i think that's so far from the truth that if we can just understand that we do it in a lot of different ways we don't always need to celebrate it and we don't always need to really acknowledge it but just know it's there and know it's happening and if you know it's there and you want to improve on it you can because you know you're already doing it in some ways and if you don't then that's cool But you have that opportunity that you may not have had if you really fixated on career, Yeah. which, again, I I don't want to negate that. We talk about that all the time, but it's not the only way.
0: Great. Career gave me the best years of my life, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, But life is not over. (laughs) Life is not over. We're still going. We're still (laughs) Still enjoying it. (laughs) Once again, I'm going to repeat something. You're writing about leadership Mm -hmm. in this book in a different way, in different forms. How might the actual writing of the book be an act of leadership in and of itself for you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Wow. I, it's the wine. Yeah, it's it is. Great wine, it's, it's, it's great, wine great questions.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the way that I think of it as an act of leadership is simply by stepping forward and putting myself out there. And I think by putting myself out there that in some small way, A couple of things may happen. Someone else may want to put themselves out there in the same way. So maybe even write a book or do something else ambitious, like write an article. And just giving someone almost the first step in the process that it can be done, I'm hoping, is a little bit of an act of leadership. The second way is I did something that is rarely done in corporate leadership that I hope still allows me to keep my corporate job.
0: All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, some career-limiting <laughs> yes, move somewhere. That's
1: right, that's right. And that is, I was very open and honest about a lot of things, a lot of personal things about my life. And I wasn't doing that to be controversial or not necessarily trying to put my biography out there. It was just because I thought as a leader and the way i want others to know that it is okay to lead this way is i thought a dash of vulnerability was the way i wanted to approach this book we talked about Brené Brown and you know how she always talks about vulnerability i mentioned that in the book but it was that little bit of you know what i won't just talk about the things that are in my head that feel really structured and about this leadership concept in the way that I normally would. I want to give people a sense of who I am so that I can connect with them a little bit better, they can connect with me, and they can understand where I'm coming from. So as, as we start to talk in these conversations even people can understand where some of my questions to you come from or the questions to the guests come from because they know it's coming from, they know a little bit more about my background. They've been able to connect with me in a different way. So those are the ways that I think it's leading. What do you think? What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm asking the questions here. (laughs) I'm trying to throw it back.
0: (laughs) Look, I think any act in the world into your environment, into your world that puts something new out there that shines a light on something, whether it's opaque or whether it's bright, that tries to put something out there that's already in the cultural zeitgeist, these whole notions of leadership and different ways of leading. For us, it's kind of bread and butter. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're saying, look, this is my take on it, and I'm just going to shine a light here and maybe look at it this way and look at it that way. And I think you did that really effectively. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. Uh, I actually do think you do it very effectively. And for me, that's the act of leadership because apart from the vulnerability that you're talking about and clearly the risks associated with vulnerability, you're putting yourself out there. Somebody might totally disagree with you quite publicly, that's always a risk. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're inviting people into conversation. You're inviting people into exploration. You are not preaching. And that invitation, I think, is an act of leadership in and mm. of itself. You're inviting people, say, look, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Or why don't you try this? Or this has worked for me. It could work for you. So it's also an act of generosity. You're giving of your own experience. Maybe it's going to land, maybe it doesn't. That's also a risk. Yeah. You never know. But in goodwill, you're hoping that it might be of use to someone. Yeah. And not knowing necessarily what the outcome is going to be of this act of writing the book is also, for me, an act of leadership. You know, we don't always know if decisions are going to land. We don't always know know, if we're in a formal corporate leadership role, for example, and we are asked to make certain decisions. You know, half of us make it up. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing. Or we think, okay, maybe I've got all this experience, but as we know, past performance is no guarantee of future success. Yes.
1: (laughs) I read that on my super statement.
0: There you go. Yeah, that's right. So uh, it's a long way of saying that's how I think that your writing of the book is an act of leadership. Oh, well, thank you. I didn't think of it that way. So, wow. Well, it came to me. <laughs> a In a thing, dream, a good thing In the dream. wine is there. That no, was really good. No, <laughs> it really is. Just to I guess wind up this conversation, what I'd like to ask is of the ten leading tools, Ooh, mm. is there one at the moment you feel is most relevant for people out there?
1: Oh, that is uh, like that's like you know your kids. Which (laughs) one is your favorite? Because we know we always have a favorite, right? No, no kids. Don't don't, I don't have a favorite. I love you both. No favorite kid, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, you've only got one. That's right. (laughs) And he's not your favorite. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't turn out right. No, it didn't. didn't. Let's get back to the topic. (laughs) So is there anything that or any one tool that is more relevant today? I have had the pleasure of doing a few keynote speeches and, and some of them I've been able to incorporate aspects of the book. And for most of them, the one thing that I've incorporated that I think is relevant to everyone today And it may not be the same if you ask me this question two weeks from now or a year from now. Exactly. But right now, there is a concept called Be Agile that I have in the book. And, and we've talked about agility before and flexibility and being able to be resilient and all of those things. The concept in the book about being agile is about all of that. And it is an aspect of leadership and not only personal but professional leadership that I think we can all benefit from. It's one of those things that is the unsung hero of our ability to change and flex with the changing world around us. And I think that because of so much that's happened over the last couple of years and so much that's happening right now as we speak, you know, with world events, it's one of those things that, you know, you're going to benefit from if you can do it well. And in the book, we talk about having openness and flexibility and that those are the aspects of, of agility that really allow you to be able to move about as you encounter new things in your life. And in the concept that I talk about in the book, it also talks about focus. And that's important too, because that helps us get things done. But really it's that part that's really about openness and flexibility is are the parts that I think are really more associated to what I would say, if you could do anything well now, it's learn that part. And there's some good concepts in there. So yeah, check it yeah, out. absolutely. <laughs> so
0: one of your tools is... Be Agile, Be as agile. you mentioned. Yeah. If people read only that one, not that I'm suggesting that's all they do, but if they read only that one, what do you think they're going to come away with?
1: With the concepts that give them some keys to what they should do differently, if they can, right? Sure. Or do Better Because I think we all have aspects of that in our current existence. The way I talk about tools is that sometimes they already exist with us. We we just may not recognize them always. And I think trying to articulate how you recognize whether you're being open and flexible or are you using focus at the right time may help people. And that's why... I know we're trying to close off the book, but the only yeah, yeah. thing I'll, I'll say about <laughs> the the way that it's it's structured is when I created them as individual tools, I created them all as actions because I wanted to really give a sense that the way we lead is active. You know, It's not a, a passive receiving thing, it's an active thing. So every one of the tools is an active participation thing. Be agile is about actively understanding how to change and flex with the world around us. And one of the examples I give is about a navigation system and how, you know, when you're driving and you encounter traffic or a detour and so forth, you make a turn that was not pre, you know, set, uh, yeah, uh, wasn't part of the plan. The navigation system adjusts, it recalculates and then goes based on the current information at hand. That's all being agile is about. It is about that adjustment and recalculating so that we can just use the information that we have at hand, the new information and go forward versus being stuck, you know, thinking about the fact that I didn't want to go this way. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want this to happen because we know that happens to all of us. We get into a place where we get stuck. Yeah. So that's why I think that the be agile may be the one for where we are today.
0: thanks for that so let's think about the future yeah let's do it if you're going to uh walk so should i say when you're going to write (laughs) your next book when (laughs) what are some of the topics that you think might energize you or might inspire you to even consider writing your next one
1: Oh, there's a couple of things, and one of them is going to be cringeworthy for you. Um,
0: (laughs) Okay, give it your best shot. Come on, come on.
1: It's uh, culture.
0: Wait a minute, I'm just going to drink. Oh, yes, Yes. you should drink, you should drink.
1: Culture. I love the concept of understanding, and and it's also an aspect of leadership, and I would probably tie those together, but I love the thought of creating extraordinary cultures and exploring the fact that some cultures are able to survive many, many, many thousands of years and some are not. In a corporate sense, that'll be interesting as well. So that's one of the topics that really excites me right now. I'm actually doing lots of notes around the organizations that I've um, yeah, worked with and worked sure. for before, as well as some of the concepts and ideas that I see from other people.
0: So creating extraordinary cultures. Cultures,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's an an interesting. I know it's been done many times, oh, but, but you can do it differently. I, 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 I mean, you've I, done
0: you've done ten <laughs> leading tools
1: differently. differently You're yeah. going to find a different angle. Yes, yes. I, I think I do have a different perspective. So uh, we'll see if that turns into just. Another conversation here for yeah, uh, something.
0: In two and, and a half years, maybe? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, no, not that kind of conversation. <laughs> I'm not committing to anything. Oh, really? No, oh, no, come no. On. <laughs> I thought, I'm pretty sure we've got it down on tape.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, man. This has been good, Paul. Thank yeah, you for exploring. Yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully, listeners, you don't feel like this is a big ad uh, break, but it's worth it, though. It's been fun for me. And thank you for asking such deep questions. And, um, you know, I just can't <laughs> wait to the next episode so we, th- we can do this again.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Thanks for writing this book. It's great. I'm enjoying it. And it's not my cup of tea usually, but there is so many things about it that I'm enjoying and connecting with. So I think there'll be, you know, as they say, something for everybody. Oh, I like that. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, listeners, for hanging on with us. Thank Remember, you. 10 leading tools available on Amazon by KG Butler. I will put a link in our show notes and description. Please check it out. It's worth it. Slonge to you. Slonge. That's it for our show today. If you liked what you heard, if you liked our conversation, if you want to hear more, please rate us, review us, subscribe, tell your friends, your family, your enemies, everyone you know. As always, we'd like to hear your feedback about any particular leadership topic you'd like to hear about or want us to explore. Please let us know by reaching out to us at askusatleadershipdecanted.com. That's A-S-K-U-S at leadershipdecanted.com. You can also leave your comments and suggestions at our website at leadershipdecanted.com. We really appreciate your time and comments. Thanks for listening and come back next time.